Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Curlis Phillip. Caribbean creativity is unstoppable. And in this new series, I take you into the studio with Caribbean artists that are moving the Caribbean and Black culture forward. From contemporary paintings, to photography, to mixed media, you'll get to feel the passion, inspiration, and techniques that fuel these artists' work. They'll also share helpful tips for those of you who are interested in learning what it takes to thrive in this space. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Barbadian contemporary artist, Akila Watts. Akila uses art to showcase a realistic and idealistic view of Barbados in a way that feels familiar and relatable. The young artist has exhibited locally in Barbados and internationally from New York to San Francisco to Miami. Her work has also been featured in online exhibitions and auctions, including Artsy and Good Black Art. Akila, welcome. Thank you for having me. So give us a little background about yourself. What was it like growing up in Barbados and what did you want to become when you grew up? Growing up in Barbados was great to the point that even though as an adult, I don't think I'll ever want to live anywhere else, at least not for too long a period of time. And I've always wanted to be an artist, actually. My mother always tells the story of how I've been drawing since I was three, like intentionally and not necessarily like just how every kid draws. But I could just remember going through primary and secondary school with the intention of becoming an artist. I look at your paintings and the art is so vibrant. What does that symbolize? I don't necessarily think there's much symbolism behind my colors other than where I come from. The view that I see every day is highly saturated just because I am from the Caribbean. I think if my if I was from somewhere else like the United States or London or somewhere else, my palette would be like completely different. There's just so much culture and life and saturation here in the Caribbean, Barbados specifically, that I find that that just comes across in my work. And who would you say are your biggest influences? My mom. <laughs> but if you're going art-based, I have two best friends who are also phenomenal artists as well, Anna Gibson and Alanis Ford. I also love um, Mauro Doucette, Jory Manea, Bisa Butler, Nugent Smith. And all of them are of Caribbean descent. And what about their work um, inspires you? It's so much. I think, and, and each one for different reasons, because I find that each artist's work, similar to mine in terms of, I guess, imagery and inspiration that we're pulling from, because again, we're all of Caribbean descent, but still kind of different in terms of the mediums that we've chosen to portray our work, as well as, I guess, the finalized version of what our work looks like. Like, for for example, with Nugent Smith, I think he was one of the first people that I saw do performance art where I really got it. Like, I think performance art sometimes could be so overwhelming and people kind of link it solely to theater. And sometimes people need it to be pretty much like borderline, very step-by-step process, very actorly to understand it and he had done a performance piece at PRISM in 2017 and I think it was one of the first ever performance pieces that I had seen that I was like 
Mm, chef kiss just beautiful <laughs> jari does a little bit of collage slash photography and other mediums of course but her work and her exhibition style i should say specifically is what really inspires me like she really immerses her work within spaces when she shows and is just incredible she has a series of work where she has like fabric covering um monuments that have traditionally been colonialization based I guess you would say (laughs) and it's just beautiful the way in which she is giving them new life and context um Marl Doucette he is actually an amazing friend (laughs) as well as an amazing artist he works in porcelain actually and a lot of his work is based in climate change He's actually a Haitian artist based in Miami. You talked about all of the different artists that inspired you and what they put into their art. What are the different types of media do you use in your art? Well, currently I'm a painter. I never wanted to really claim the title because I guess, again, when I was in school, I was moving throughout mediums a little bit more fluidly. I was going from painting to drawing to sculpture to activity books to figurines. Like There's so many different things that I was doing while I was in school and I think within this last year and a half to two years I've been I guess mainly painting I've still I'm still doing a bit of drawing obviously I guess I can claim myself as a painter. How do you use paintings as a visual language? The basis for the approach would be the image I think a strong image no matter what form it comes in tends to bring the same life and soul I'm looking for that either that individual or that figure that just strikes you to begin with. Because again, I know color is going to pop out. I know elements that I'm going to be painting are going to pop out. But I think having a strong figure as a subject is one of the basis for the piece at least being successful. Akila, are there any life experiences that's connected to any of your work? I can say all because again my work is very much rooted in self-expression and wanting to explore that in a certain sense but specifically there's a piece I have or not have anymore because it's been collected but it was it goes by the name of reminiscence and it was a piece of artwork that was painted it was a photograph of my mother and my father and I think it was the second piece that I had done in the series called Moments from My Island Home that was actually from one of my family photographs that had like a little bit of like water damage in the corner. And so uh, I tend to use those same images to kind of show, I guess, like a duality. I mix uh, like the realism, the idealistic view of my island. So I would tend to juxtaposition a family photo with a postcard image or like the ideal view of what the island is based on what we choose to be um, portray through tourism and advertisement means and so the piece has my father and my mother and then the postcard I would have used was of a beach on a road area in Barbados with this gentleman and two kids and my father obviously had me and my brother so I just thought that it was very 
reflective of his life to a certain extent. It was a piece of not necessarily grief, but celebration of remembrance in him. Because he passed in 2012, actually. So it's been over 10 years now. So it was almost like, it's almost a memorial piece in a way to him, but also like a way in which other people can celebrate the life of loved ones that they've had as well. Let's switch gears a little bit. How did you go about securing your first exhibit? Technically, my first exhibition was at NIFCA, which is a, it is art and culture exhibit or a period of time that happens in Barbados. So there's dance, there's singing, there's spoken word, there's art, there's different sectors of art and culture that is broken down to different events, I guess, during this period. And I was doing CXE art at a period of time and my teacher has submitted a piece for me. So technically that's my first exhibition. My first ever solo exhibition was actually um, in 2019 at the place where I work part-time, which is the Framing Art Company, is a framing company in Barbados. It's crazy because I also got the job, <laughs> not necessarily by happenstance, but I was framing work for my portfolio in bachelor's and the lady that's my boss now literally called and was like, if, well, we had a tour and she was saying if any of us wanted to come in and frame our works ourselves, they will teach us how to do it. So I think just by seeing me, uh, how I learned so quickly how to frame and to maneuver in the shop, I think maybe a year or two later, she was like, I need somebody to work part-time. Would you be interested? So it was in this same space where I had my first solo exhibition. Akila, what would you say is your greatest success to date as an artist? My greatest success is still practicing, being able to still be able to create work and make money. That's not necessarily my main goal, but to be able to create freely without having to necessarily worry about ends me and stuff like that is probably my biggest success today. Being able and for this to also be the main thing and not necessarily this being part-time. Yeah, I hear you. And you hear that story often with artists, right? It's it's mm-hmm. a labor of love, but at the end of the day, you still have to eat. <laughs> so. Yeah. How did you land the opportunity to exhibit at the World Trade Center in New York? It's just crazy how life lines you up with individuals, actually. So I actually applied to a residency that I recently did with Art Leader. And I got accepted, and it turns out that the lady that runs it is of Barbadian descent. So she came to Barbados, and we took her around, driving, just, you know what I mean, as artists do. We're friendly people. <laughs> so it was nice to meet her it, and just get to learn about her and the organization and stuff like that. And through that relationship is kind of how she invited us, me and Alanis, I guess, the, my friend that I was speaking about previously, to exhibit at the World Trade Center. Well, that was an amazing accomplishment. So definitely celebrate that in a big way. <laughs> Thank you, I will. We tend not to celebrate some things that might be considered small wins, but 
those things just helps to build momentum. So I always say celebrate the small wins. As I look at your work, and I wanted to get a better understanding of what are some of the themes and messages and ideas that you aim to convey through your art. I guess at the baseline of my work, I'm just creating work, not only for me, but for Barbadian. There's certain nuances in my work that are yet to be explored by people that have not explored this culture. So I think language is my main goal when creating, I think. Um, but strength is another one, showing my people in a different light that they've never been shown before. I think Caribbean art has been so much rooted in the cane fields and so much color and bright. And it's very much rooted in, I guess, caricature of Caribbean people from a particular point in time. And we don't see a lot of Caribbean influence or Caribbean people in the world until like after they've made it. And then we find, oh, they have some sort of Haitian or Barbadian or St. Lucian or Jamaican um, lineage are they actually from this space so I think I'm just trying to be authentic to my roots and carve out a space in this world for me and my art as well as like my country unapologetically yeah. at that <laughs> Akila you mentioned that you work part-time and hopefully one day would be able to have your art sustain you so what advice would you give to a person who's interested in getting into the art? Um, I think, <laughs> I guess people can roll them eyes in and hear me say this, but I think monetary value should not necessarily be the first thing on your mind because I think that shows in your work and people can kind of see that. I think your work needs to speak for itself and be authentic and true to who you are as an individual because people will resonate with that and they will gravitate towards that naturally. Currently, I work part-time, not because I have to, but because I want to. But I think as an artist, we are like fish or sharks specifically in that we um, we grow to fit the tank that we're in. <laughs> I think as artists, you get that itch in terms of when it's time for you to grow and change. And whether that is your surroundings or your medium or the next step in terms of exhibitions, whatever the case may be, I guess intrinsically, I think that you you kind of have like a knowing for those things. But I think it's completely fine to have a part-time job until it's time for you to work full-time. I think your art will get to a stage where it's so big that it'll let you know you can't do anything else along with creating. It's just a matter of time. Akila, you touched on this earlier. Why do you believe the accomplishments of Caribbean artists, both past and present, may be overlooked? I guess it's mainly rooted in the space here. I think we look, we, when I say we, I think as a island and as a Caribbean by extension, look to the Western world for validation and to tell us what is important and what is of note. So I find that um, Caribbean artists, that's both from whether that's visual arts or people that sing or painting, drawing, singing, dancing, whoever that may be, until we reach a stage overseas where we have made it, quote unquote, it's only till that point that then our own are like, okay, well, you're doing something. <laughs> so I just think it is, I don't know, it's kind of sad 
in a weird way, not only for us as creatives, but also I think for the island because they don't even see their own validation, the validation that they could also be crediting to their own people. I think they're waiting on outside views and forces to kind of let them know, okay, now this is of note and you could take notice now. Yeah, I know that your work is very grounded and rooted in your Caribbean culture and more specifically, you know, Barbados culture and heritage. But is there anything in the art world that's happening internationally or even locally that influences the next piece? I think the last thing that I experienced that really I wanted to influence my work, I haven't done it yet, was um, St. Vincent recently had when I say recently, I mean within the last past months, which was last year, they had a a volcanic eruption to a certain extent, which had some of the same volcanic dust transfer over to Barbados because, again, the Caribbean chain is so little yes. <laughs> that we're so close to each other. So literally for almost, I would like to say, like a good five months, the sky and like the surroundings is kind of covered in volcanic ash and that was one of the things that I still haven't been able to use in my artwork yet but it's still on my mind I think art news in general whether it is regionally or internationally artists are always looking at I think another thing I'm looking at not necessarily for my work but just in general to keep abreast with is the embraced monument that was just a erected uh, by the artist Hank Willis Thomas in, I guess, remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King and what he's done for um, Black people in America. I think the news behind that has been crazy to just witness the way in which people, both from the art sector and who aren't um, necessarily in the art sector or don't necessarily see art as a way of viewing, have been responding to the art piece. Again, I think it touches back on something I said earlier in terms of art being a language. And sometimes people don't necessarily, are not equipped, I guess I should say, with the nuances to read that language. They read it in a completely different way based on their circumstances and life experiences. True, and sometimes so literal because I have been looking at the news surrounding that and it just amazes me. But mm-hmm. well, I follow Hank, and so I knew of the monument, but I don't think I had saw it visually on his page until I saw it on um, TikTok, actually. So I saw like <laughs> the other interpretations of what people were seeing in the monument before I actually got to see the monument from his perspective as well as perspectives from other artists. Um, in America (laughs) who are aware of the monument as well so just crazy to see the different sides in which people interpret things sometimes. Akila, what's the best advice that you've been given? I don't think it was necessarily a a spoken advice I think is more something that I've witnessed I guess through my parents as well I think in the Caribbean sometimes or I can say Barbados I'm not going to necessarily rope the whole Caribbean into this because I can't speak for them but I think in Barbados sometimes it's hard for parents to allow their children to take avenues I guess creative avenues so if you're gonna go for jobs in creative fields it's very hard for parents to accept that 
you're not going to be struggling or homeless at the end of the day. You should be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant. But I think the best advice I was given was from my parents. It was not nothing that was necessarily verbal. It was just a, a physical acceptance, a mental acceptance of like, this is what she wanted to do. She's not necessarily changed her mind since she was a child. And even, again, my father passed in um, 2012 when I was going into Barbies Community College to do my um, my degree in art, actually. He passed just before I did my CXCs. So I actually was able to do at least my application <laughs> for Barbados Community College. So he knew what I wanted to do. And I think he and my mother knew more about I guess the sectors of art that I could have gone into than I even knew I just knew that well I wanted to create I didn't necessarily know whether I was going to be an artist whether I was going to be a gallery manager whether I was going to do graphic design whether I was going to be a photographer and they had like a whole list of jobs quote unquote <laughs> that I could go into and I feel like that was their way of telling me it's completely fine for you to do what you want to do so I think that was probably the greatest advice I've been given to be yeah, yourself. And, and you are not incorrect in thinking that it is across the Caribbean because it is across the Caribbean. I have interviewed other people and you hear doctor, lawyer, you know, accountants. But at the end of the day, I think that your child is their own person and they have to follow what drives them. And, and it's okay if that changes. Uh, yeah, completely okay. Yeah. And I think I any day society needs all of us <laughs> for different reasons. But uh, and I think that's why it's good to be true to who you are as an individual because you don't want to necessarily be miserable in the the field that you have chosen to because it goes so much against who you are as an individual that that ends up affecting other people's lives. I think it was one of the questions I was asked when I was in uh, I was in uh, college. They were asking, like, why you chose art more or less to pursue. And I was like, why would I choose anything out? I can't necessarily see myself sitting down at a desk job nine to five every day. It will sap the life out of me. And I, I completely understand that that's the avenue that some people choose to go down, whether that is their wish or because of necessity. Some people have to fall into jobs like that or choose to be in jobs like that. And I think. There's why well, everybody needs to figure out life for themselves. You got to figure out what makes you happy and go with it. Because any day, if I would have went to do accounts or be a lawyer or a doctor, I'd be competing with 50% of the population anyways. <laughs> so why not do art and more or less carve my own way? Now, Akila, you said society needs all of us. What role do you believe an artist has in society? I mean, I think we shape the culture. I think in a in a weird sense, we write the history, we shape the culture, we document, we create. Um, we are here to feel free to share our point of views, which everybody does in their own ways. But I think art is something that is so long lasting that people in the future, whether that's near or far, will be able to look back and be like, okay, this is what was going on during this period of time. I think sometimes artists, I don't, I don't want to call us fortune tellers, but sometimes we touch on things in our work that might not necessarily be prevalent or, yeah, might not necessarily be prevalent at a current point in time, but within the next couple of years, 
10, 20, 30 down the line, people are able, again, with, through language, <laughs> are able to read our work in a new way. Complete the sentence for me, Akila. I feel unstoppable when? I create. I feel unstoppable when I create. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to share your journey and your story with us today. It was indeed a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me on. Where can our guests connect with you? Mm, My main basis, I guess I should say, for connecting is Instagram. (laughs) So you can find me at Strictly Akila. So it's S-T-R-I-C-K-L-Y-A-K-I-L-A-H. So Strictly Akila on Instagram. Awesome. To our Unstoppable Yes You Tribe, thank you for your continued support. Don't forget to check out more stories about Caribbean impact makers, rising stars, and trailblazers at unstoppableyesyou.com. 